This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Our pal is Israel Gutierrez. He's on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. Truly steps beyond convenience. Israel, did the did the Pacers, very sports radio, did the Pacers blow that game last night or the Cavaliers win it? <laughs> This is a very around-the-horn question of you. I'm prepping uh, you. I'm prepping you for today's work. No, nah, the Pacers blew that game, man. Like, that was that was ridiculous. Um, you know, it was – I mean, it was the perfect picture with Monte Ellis running away from LeBron James as he's going in for a breakaway dunk. Like, they, they were literally afraid of, of the freight train coming at them. And, uh, you know, Paul George, the guy who's been, you know, I, I think perfectly reasonably questioning his teammates publicly – um, you know, failed to show up late in that game. And, I mean, you got a team that's essentially being led by Lance Stevenson. Like, think about that. Like, think about that, like, in January, where you're talking about a Lance Stevenson-led team is going to, you know, scare Cleveland and LeBron James. It sounds ridiculous, but that's what was happening. And then, you know, Chucker, Monte Ellis, and it's just like, all right, well, the Cavs just kind of put it together. Now, it's not really saying much about the Cavaliers – even still, because that was like a collapse by the Pacers, and um, their defense has still been sh- pretty bad. Uh, I almost cursed. Uh, <laughs> it's been pretty bad. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to, you know, given the competition, they kind of did what they need to do. But it's still like, not a, like maybe this unlocks that team and maybe this kind of pulls them together. But it's not like that was a great performance by the, well, by the Cavs. Yeah, no, not by, I agree with you. I think the Pacers blow that game. And I'll tell you, if you're Cleveland, you can't exactly feel great moving forward when the only way you're able to defend and get back in that game is if Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving don't step foot on the floor in the fourth quarter. Right. (laughs) Right. So you're back to that whole dilemma where can you play Kevin Love late in game? Now, eventually, they're not going to do this Darren Williams thing, like regardless of uh, uh, the way you get the playoffs, the more you're going to trust Kyrie Irving, whatever, but... Kevin Love is still going to be that question mark. And if, if they're going to have this much trouble defending, yeah, and they're going to have to keep one or both of them off the floor, that's not a good sign. But, you know, whatever it takes at this point, like, they're going to probably get through the East. At this point, it looks like the Wizards are the biggest competition. And I just never see, ever see the Cavs losing to the Wizards in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, their, their problems are going to seem probably pretty big along the way. But they'll probably still get through the East pretty easily. Izzy, did we just see a small sample size last night of what we saw for the majority of the playoffs last year, especially uh, at the finals? As a matter of fact, what we saw when LeBron's back was kind of put up against the wall and they actually had to ride him into the sunset. Did we see that last night? And are we going to continue to see what happens when the Cleveland Cavaliers get put up against a little bit of a truffle? I mean, what, what else does he – how many times does he have to do this? Like, he's done it so many times that uh, – I mean uh, – Somebody called it yesterday one of one of his best playoff performances ever, and you're just like, oh yeah, I guess it kind of is, but really it doesn't seem like it doesn't surprise me anymore. Like you look at the final numbers, and you're like, okay, those are pretty good numbers. But as it's happening, you're you're kind of that's what LeBron does every once in a while, especially uh, you know when he when you can tell the other team is 
it, you know, it's, it's showing uh, a little bit scared, right? Like the Pacers were, and he saw blood, and you know, he went after it, and it was just like, okay, another one of those. Um, but again, I think you got to consider the, the level of competition. Like if they're doing this against a better defensive team, against you know, uh, non seven seed, you know, then maybe you could be a little bit more impressed with them as a whole. But yeah. as it is, it's like LeBron he does this all the time. Like I, I know we saw them go against the team last night that and their defense has not been up to par but but we did see a little bit of what can happen when you do remove two of your star players it seems like they have an answer almost for every single aspect of their game whether it's on defense offense lebron shooting three pointers it just seems like there's always an answer that the Cavs might have for you well i mean their answer right now is just score more because that's the only thing they're doing better uh again they still can't defend and um when Kyrie's going, if LeBron, I mean, when LeBron's hitting like three, three, three's on like two out of three possessions or three out of four, um, there's nothing you can do to stop that guy. I've seen it a million times, but that's the whole point is right now, that's the way the Cavs have to win. They have to have, you know, somebody catch fire. They have to build up a big lead and hang on because, again, defensively, they're not doing much. So somebody's got to be hot. In this case, it's LeBron, but it's been Kyrie before. We got uh, we got Israel Gutierrez here with us talking some NBA playoffs. The Bulls and Celtics play Game Three tonight. I uh, I think this is the most interesting series going right now. What do you make of that? <laughs> what do I make of your opinion? Well, it's just that I mean, it's 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 the it's obviously a huge shocker, and I got no idea what to expect in that game tonight. Uh, none, none, because the Bulls have been kind of schizophrenic. Um, yeah, it's weird because this is a team that, like, I, I you can you can declare them dead a number of times during the season. Whether it was the the portion where uh, you know Rondo's calling you know uh, Dwayne and Jimmy Butler out via Instagram post, or you can go to that game in Boston in in March where they got blown out and it just looked like a disaster of a team, or you can count them out when Dwayne originally hurt his elbow and looked like he was out for the whole season. Um, and yet somehow they snuck their way in, and all of a sudden, Rajon Rondo is like 24 years old again and playing like a superstar. Um, that part you just couldn't predict. But maybe, <laughs> you know, all season long they did have that rebounding edge uh, against, against Boston when they did win. I mean, they just badly out-rebounded them, so they knew they had that in them. They just needed somebody to score for them. And if you look at their box score, like, they've got nothing on the bench, really. So all those starters have to come up big, and they have been. Like, Robin Lopez has looked great. Um, you know, Rondo's been scoring well. Jimmy's been playing great. And <laughs> Dwayne started hitting threes again. So uh, that might be there. It might not be uh, in this game. But can't, I have no idea what it's going to be because, again, this team just kind of shows up whenever it feels like it. We uh, we saw last night Milwaukee went up 2-1 against Toronto, and that's not really – I mean, it's not such a big deal that Milwaukee won last night, although the way that they won it. But they, they won a home game, okay, fine. Uh, you know, now they're up 2-1. But it, it feels to me like Tor- – and all Toronto needs is one win, win one road game, and you're back in control of this series. You get the home, home court advantage back. But it, it really feels to me like Toronto is in very big trouble. Don't they do this? They do this every single year in the first yeah. round. Yeah, well, yeah, because they year. always lose game one. Uh huh. And then they, you know, now this this feels different, like you said, because they just—I mean, they just got it handed to them. And at some point, they're just going to look at themselves and say, "This is who we are. We're never going to be better than than this group right here." Because we keep struggling in the first round, and even if we eke our way out of it, 
you know, we're never going to get past Cleveland. We're never going to be that good. And, you know, for the whole second half of the season, after they got Serge Ibaka and, and P.J. Tucker, they were, I think, the second-best defensive team in the league, but they were somewhere in the top five. And so you thought, all right, you play that type of defense, bring Kyle Lowry back and get more offense, and you'll be really good in the playoffs. Instead, they've looked scared and <laughs> different. And Well, Lowry, uh, Lowry has a history of, of a terrible playoff performer as well. I know, and it's it's the yips. I don't even I don't even know how to describe it because, um, you know, it's not like he's taking different shots. It's not, um, you know, maybe people pay more attention to him and can bother him because he's you know small and and can't get a shot off that easily. But um, it's it's every single year with this, and if this happens again this year, even if they kind of eat their way out of this first round and then get knocked out in the second round, you got to consider like not necessarily blowing it up, but at least breaking up that backcourt, seeing what you can get for Kyle Lowry. Or, or or DeRozan if you have to because, um, I mean, this, they've kind of hit their ceiling, I guess. But Lowry's not having the same situation where he's staying two hours after game shooting three-pointers like he did last year, right? Or or, he, or he's leaving uh, for the tunnel in the middle of the second quarter to gather his thoughts, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I mean, you're going to have to do that uh, a lot more because this is just too, too consistent of a pattern. Like, there's something going on there. Yes. Uh, is allergic to the first round at least. Well, and, and look, and look, Milwaukee's up. got the best player on the floor, uh, bar none. I mean, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's not even close. Uh, are you are you someone who buys into the whole uh, the Warriors play a little bit better, a little looser when Kevin Durant's not there? No, who says that? I mean, yeah, that's a that's a silly thing that's out there that maybe the Warriors are better off uh, that they're not, I mean, not better off, but that they're better without Durant. They were what fifteen and four in the regular season. They uh, they smoked Portland in Game Two minus Durant. It's uh, the new without Wade. Yeah, yeah, they're that's really, right. It's really it's the hashtag with without really, Wade. Really, really good with him and without him. Like they're, they're good, you know, both ways. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, if I'm if I'm Steve Kerr, I, I consider sitting Durant the rest of the series, make sure he comes back a thousand percent. I would absolutely do that. Um I mean, here's the thing, like Durant would rather miss games right now in the first round than not be there at the end and they win a championship anyway. Because then he would look like, you know, absolutely useless <laughs> for that team because they will have finished the job without him. So make sure you're healthy and then get back rather than rush back just to try to be a part of the early round. I think uh, I think Paul George is someone that Pat Riley is going to target for trade in the offseason. What do you think about that? Um, I think that sounds like a, a very Pat Riley move. Um, Paul George is a spectacular player, and he's pretty pretty frustrated. Um, and Larry Bird has proven, I think, that he can be had a little bit. Uh, he's, he hasn't made the greatest decisions in a – well, I mean, look, he's 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 behind he's behind one of the worst trades in the history of the league, uh, George mm-hmm. Hill for Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, well, I mean, who knew, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds like at, at, to me that sounds like a better move or more uh, Riley-like move than going after Gordon Hayward straight up in free agency because yep. I don't think Gordon Hayward is a two-way player that uh, really Pat Riley covered. How about just not paying Gordon Hayward thirty million dollars because no team's winning a championship like that? How about that? Uh, um, yep. Memphis Grizzlies, one pump chump after Coach Fizdale's comments, or, or is this going to continue? Uh, no, I, I, it's not even about the Grizzlies. I mean, you know, yeah, they had a nice move there. Got a lot more out of Zach Randolph and all that. But, um, I mean, it's the Spurs, man. Like, they win their one road game, and then they'll finish it off in five. You can, uh, you can use that next broadcast if you want when you ask the Grizzlies, hey, what do you make of people calling you one pump chump? One chump, I'll ask Kawhi. I'll ask him right now. Ask him to his face. What's the next game you got? 
Uh, I have uh, the closeout game, Cavs Pacers in Indy on Sunday. Oh, all right. Well, it's too bad you got to go to Indianapolis, but you know, yeah, otherwise, good for you. Right? What are the odds, right? I'm probably going to have to talk to LeBron. He's the one that's going to have a good game, right? All right. Well, uh, tell him we heard he's a one pump chump, also. <laughs> I'm done. All right. See you, man. Good. All right. There you go. That's ESPN's Israel Gutierrez right there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.